It's time for Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. I am your host, Sam Parsons, joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Spencer Vermeer. Spence, how you doing? Warm. Good. <laughs> Just uh, that's all I got to say with everything going on out there. So uh, this is a little bit of a tape delay on this uh, program. Uh, so haven't really experienced uh, the worst of the weather, but I'm going to make a guess that I'm glad that I'm warm right now considering the airing time of this uh, show. Yeah, we're pre-recording this episode uh, on Wednesday uh, instead of doing it on Thursday as usual um, because we're not sure if Spence is going to want to make the drive into work tomorrow uh, from Pella. So uh, with the expected weather being what it is, we are doing this a little bit early. That's your disclaimer. Uh, If any lines have changed in the roughly 24 hours uh, in between us recording this and it airing. But with that out of the way... Let's go ahead and get started with our report card, uh, as we always do to start the show here. For college games, last week we looked at uh, three of the bowl games that happened in the first week of bowl action. They were some riveting, marquee, just blue chip, blue blood matchups that you always get in the first week of bowling. Case in point, both Spence and I had number 25 UTSA covering as 1.5 point favor or underdogs, excuse me, against a 24th ranked Troy in the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. Troy won this game 18 to 12. Spence, how did we not know this? How, how did we not foresee that the Troy Trojans would have this brick wall defense that would stop the just the juggernaut UTSA mm. Roadrunners? How, how did we not know? Uh, because we're just normal people, I guess is probably the only thing I could say. And we're also not from the uh, area. I can't even tell you where Troy is from. I, I couldn't either. <laughs> I have so, no idea where it is. So that that's another reason. We aren't in the neighborhood where Troy is and aren't fans of uh, Troy to know all about that. That the fact that they were 24th ranked, we had no idea why. <laughs> so then, then we looked at uh, Louisville versus Cincinnati in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. We both picked Cincy. We were both wrong again as uh, Louisville won by 17 as one and a half point favorites. But we did get one right out of the three. We both, because we both picked the same down the line, uh, we both had number 14 Oregon State covering as 10 and a half point favorites over Florida in the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. And uh, they covered easily, winning 30 to 3. Spence, mm. uh, you asked last time what the percentage is when we both make the same pick pick this year that now didn't uh, help i yeah i didn't have time today to go through the entire season but uh, i will say i did go back a little bit and uh the people should not listen to us when we pick the same <sighs> way because in the last 16 times we've both picked the same team we've gone five and eleven wow all right then <laughs> <laughs> that's an hour i thought it was better than that but <laughs> Uh, what can you do? We're uh, better when we go opposite ways. <laughs> somehow. Somehow we're both better. It doesn't make any sense, but that's just the way it is. All then we right. get to the NFL games. Spence, you went one for two with your individual picks this week once again. You hit on the Lions-Jets game with the Lions winning as one-point underdogs, but you missed on the Eagles-Bears game. Eagles won only by five. Uh, and Late f- uh, touchdown to change the effect of that one, Yeah, they were favored by nine. And yeah. uh, they were up 25-13, I think the score was, with about four minutes left in the game and then they stopped playing defense because Mm. they didn't have to play defense anymore. So they chose not to. I, on the other hand, went two for two with my individual picks this week. I had San Francisco covering as three-point favorites over the Seahawks on Thursday. They won by eight. And I had Cincy minus three and a half at Tampa Bay. They won by 11. And then our game of the week was Bill's Dolphins. 
With the city of Buffalo getting all the snow that it got, kind of looking uh, similar to what we're going to be looking like, I imagine, about mm-hmm. 48 hours from now, um, we both thought the Bills would cover as seven-point favorites over the Dolphins, but they only won by three. Miami was just kind of able to run the ball all over Buffalo, and uh, they hit on a couple of big plays in the passing game, and uh, that got them a lead in the fourth quarter before mm-hmm. Allen took it back. Yeah, what can you do? I, and I was rooting for Miami being uh, the Kansas City fan. I would love to see Kansas City get that number one seed, but uh, that wasn't. So they they beat me twice <laughs> in this uh, aspect, uh, once on the show and once in my heart. So what can you do? Final score from last week was two for Spence, three for me. Once again, our percentages on the season didn't really, uh, they pretty much stayed put. Uh, I'm at 48.8%, Spencer at 44.2%. It's looking less and less likely like we're going to get over 50 by the Mm -hmm. end of the season, and we're just continuing to embarrass ourselves week in and week out. (laughs) What can we do? Other than make it public that uh, we are embarrassing ourselves, (laughs) I guess is what uh, I'm thinking there. All right, let's let's get to it. Uh, we're going to get to our picks for this week, starting with college. We have typically looked at three college football games every week this season. Uh, there haven't been too many exceptions to that rule, but this week will be one of them. Uh, because, folks, if you have not seen the bowl schedule for this week, it's, it's a barren wasteland. It's really bad. And as amusing as I think it would be for us to talk about the easy post-Hawaii Bowl between Middle Tennessee State and San Diego State... Uh, We won't be doing that today. We only have one bowl game that we'll be talking about this week. It's perhaps the most compelling one on the docket, if that gives any indication. And that is the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl between Wake Forest and Missouri. Wake Forest is a one-point favorite over Missouri. Spence, what's your read on this one? Well, uh, in case you're wondering about the name of that, uh, yes, both of us had to look to see what in the world a uh, Gasparilla was. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Is did we? Is it some form of a soft drink, or is just their their play on like Lollapalooza or something like that that they're celebrating uh, this? pirate that uh, apparently ruled the uh, Tampa area for a while. It sounds just like it's a play on the on the guy. His name is Jose Gaspar. Yes. Like short for Gasparilla, I guess. I don't know what a Gasparilla is, but that's the what the name is based on. All right. Well, let's talk about the game then. Um, <laughs> neither of these teams are someone that you would have seen in a bowl 30 years ago. One seven and five, one six and six. Yeah. You know, they just didn't have enough bowl games to get to these, but now they do and they should get rid of probably about the same amount that they did have uh, back 30 years ago. But probably. that's my own opinion, and I digress. Uh, it's as much of a toss-up as the line says. Uh, I'm going by the fact that the roster for Wake has stayed together more leading into this game, you know, with all the uh, NIL and transfer portal and people leaving to go to the NFL. That's really all I'm basing this on. I'm going to take the Deacons based on that, that they just have more whole of a team as it stands right now and probably a little bit more uh, cohesiveness leading us into this bowl game. All right. Well, I'm also going to pick Wake Forest. That means that people should probably be picking... <laughs> they should probably not be picking Wake Forest. Go with Missouri, guys. So I had to pick Wake Forest for a few reasons. First is that it's, just, it's a very near and dear school to my heart. Oh. Uh, it's it's always it was always my favorite of the North Carolina schools growing up. Wow, um, you even really though, just uh, like to beat yourself over the oh, head yeah. throughout uh, <laughs> your basketball season. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's thank also... God Tim Duncan was there for a little while. Yeah, I was not old enough to see that. <laughs> well, but, um... then yeah, you've got nothing to base it on. Yeah, very little. <laughs> I, I, they were black and gold. But that's really about it. No, it's also where my brother was. Uh, he where he graduated. Oh, okay. So that so my natural biases lead me to pick the Demon Deacons. But external factors at play that you mentioned, Spence, also led me to uh, pick Wake Forest as well. I, I know Wake Forest finished one and four in their last five games, but I don't chalk that up to the team getting worse. I think or, or injuries really because they're still pretty healthy i think that this team just wasn't that good to begin with mm. and they kind of just fell toward the mean they regressed to the mean as they say they do have a good quarterback and sam hartman i've watched him play he's he's a good player for, for a college quarterback and they aren't dealing with a whole lot of opt-outs missouri on the other hand has had their top wide receiver and their top two edge rushers all opt out now wake forest's achilles heel is their defense missouri's offense though is not very good especially without their top receiver i could mm. I, I imagine so i think wake wake wins this one i'm happy to take them with such a small spread as well so that's going to do it for our college uh this week we're going to take a quick break folks we have more nfl than usual on the way coming up but i'll get to that in a little bit after a break on 104.9 fm kboe Welcome back to Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. Time now to dig into week 16 of the NFL season uh, with just a few games that we're going to be talking about here. Now uh, with us only talking about one college football game this week, we will be adding a couple of games to our NFL discussion here for week 16. Uh, we're going to be ta- talking about those uh, two games later, kind of in our game of the week format. Uh, both Spence and I will be making picks for each of them. But for now, we are going to be starting with our individual picks. we got two to two each to talk about. Spence, what's your first one uh, looking at Detroit they head down to Carolina both teams with a lot uh, that they are still fighting for Carolina really just one game back behind Tampa Bay and easily the worst uh, division in uh, football this year Detroit still with a shot at possibly uh, finagling one of those wildcard teams and and trying to think of a team that's hotter than them right now it's uh, they're just uh, kind of managing to win their games uh Somehow, and what do they got? A six-game winning streak, uh, something uh, of that it's nature. Close. I think they've won six out of their last seven. Okay, but nonetheless, it's uh, very impressive. Uh, so that's where I'm leaning towards. I think uh, Detroit, <laughs> with a town behind them that has not smelled uh, playoffs for quite a long time, and Carolina, not a whole lot there. I mean, they're they're starting Sam Darnold now at quarterback ever since. Uh, Uh, Everything kind of went wrong with the Baker Mayfield uh, fiasco, and they don't have Christian McCaffrey. Somehow they're staying in games, but I I just don't see that uh, defense keeping up with this Detroit offense as it stands right now. Too much offense that they uh, bring to each game that's going on. And because of that, I shall take uh, Detroit. I got to give up points as they are the road team, too. Um and they're still the favorite, but I, I'm going to go with uh, Detroit uh, pulling this one off. This spread seems very friendly for the Lions for the reasons that you pretty much mentioned there, Spence. They are the much better football team right now. There's only one thing that's giving me pause, or, or that I that would give me pause, mm-hmm. I should say, because I do think this is a very good pick. And that's just that Jared Goff has had some pretty wild home and road splits this year. Mm. At home, Goff is netting 7.2 yards per drop back in eight games. It's very good. And he has scored 20 touchdowns, turned the ball over just four times, Lions average passing DVOA has been 32%, which is very, very good. On the road, though, he's netting 6.6 yards per dropback, which is still good, 
but over a half a yard less mm. on the road than at home, which is significant. In six games, he scored three touchdowns and turned the ball over seven times, and the Lions' average passing DVOA has been 11.5%, which, again, still good, but huge drop-off yeah. from, from the home numbers. Uh, and the, the Panthers aren't a good team, but they do have a talented defense. Uh, I would still, though, take the Lions in a heartbeat. <laughs> I think this is a very good bet because – they're starting Sam Darnold, and they're going up against a team that's playing really well. So, yeah, two and a half points, nowhere near um, enough uh, to make me think, eh, Carolina's going to cover that. So, yeah, good good pick, Spence. We're going to next go to my first individual pick, and that is I'm going to Jacksonville at the Jets. Jaguars, uh, Jets, this is a pick em, actually. There's no spread right now, so just even even odds here. Uh, today, as in Wednesday, because again, we're recording this one day in advance with the, with weather, it was announced that the Jaguars will be missing a couple of players on their defensive line for this game, one being number one overall pick Trayvon Walker. That's a bummer for a defense that has uh, really struggled at times this year, but the good news is that they're playing against Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is bad. And uh, that's one good reason right off the bat to to, vote, to pick this. Uh, but the other reason is that the Jags offense is humming right now. I've held on to my Trevor Lawrence stock since even through last year he is good and uh even though his receivers are a middling group of players he's near the top of the league statistically he's at least one of the better quarterbacks in the league top 10 this year replacing urban meyer with a net neutral coach would have been an enormous upgrade but they went and got a good one in doug peterson and that's been a huge boon for this offense one other note for the jets is that quinn and williams is a game time decision that we don't know about yet Uh, that's a big deal because he's been really big for them uh vital in the interior but one way or another, I'm betting on the Jags over the Jets because anytime you have a good quarterback that's not giving points to Zach Wilson, you take that opportunity. And uh, I think it'll work out for you more often than not. The Jets have looked good with Mike White uh, in there, but uh, him being out, uh, it's kind of a letdown and just let the uh, air out of the balloon kind of feeling, I would think, for the Jets. And uh, I I can see that uh, continuing on just like, okay, we're just going to have to keep playing the games until Mike White gets healthy and then we'll start concentrating on uh, winning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't argue this pick whatsoever. Jags are still playing for something. I should also say they could still win the AFC South. The, their Week 18 game against the Titans could be a play-in game. Mm. So that's something to uh, to watch. Uh, but anyway, Spence, what's your second individual pick this week? Second individual pick would be Cincinnati, and they will be going up against New England, in New England. And uh, Cincinnati, also a road favorite here. Uh, they are favored by three in this game. Cincinnati certainly looking good, comparable to uh, what Detroit has been doing uh, record-wise over the last few games. New England got punched in the face uh, emotionally with what they did last week. We've discussed it uh, quite a couple times. They are just off of the air. We've even discussed it on the air. And that's how they lost to the Raiders this past uh, week. Unbelievable. Um, The situation that I'm thinking is you get better I think uh, or get better prepared when you play a game that you just never were in it's kind of a thought process that you can just put that all aside and say okay let's start from scratch let's not think about that game but when you lose the way they did it stays with you Mm -hmm. and you don't put it aside because you think what could have been if we would have just done this or this or certainly not that, <laughs> speaking of what Jacoby Myers did. 
and I think it caused a dissension. And I'm thinking that the New England could be uh, rocky for this game in just the aspect of certainly they're playing the Bengals too, who is not a team you want to face after you uh, complete a snafu like you did this past week. So basing it on that, uh, Joe Burrow, the whole offense looks really, really good right now. And I think they come in to a New England team that's just going to be a little bit deflated after that week. And I think they, I'm going to pick them even winning by double digits. I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Honestly, I think even if you set aside the Raiders game last week, and you can't set that aside because, gosh. It's going to set, it's going to be with us for a long, long time. And that highlight's going to be played for a very long time. But even if we set that aside, Spence, mm-hmm. I think this is a great pick. The Patriots might have a respectable offense if they had an offensive coordinator that just wasn't horribly out of his depth. Uh, and uh, But they do. They do have that guy at offensive yeah. coordinator, and he's miserable. The Bengals are one of the best teams in football. It just end of story. They're really good uh, on both sides of the ball. The spread should be a lot bigger than it is. So uh, I'll preemptively say congratulations on making some dough on this one, Spence. <laughs> I think this is easy money. And my second individual pick here, Washington at San Francisco. Washington is getting seven at the 49ers, and I think that this is easy money, too. I cannot fathom Washington playing San Francisco within a touchdown in this game. I just can't. In Washington's last two games, they have tied the Giants and lost to the Giants, despite mm. the fact that the Giants have no receivers and no secondary. Seriously, the secondary is rot- rotated through about 30 different combinations yeah. this year, it feels <laughs> like, and uh, they're seemingly on number 31 this week. They were starting dudes that nobody has ever heard of in those two games, mm. that Washington just couldn't beat them. And if they can't beat them, then what are they going to do against San Francisco? The transitive property doesn't always work like that, but nevertheless, San Francisco is just too good. The only way I see this going sideways is if Washington's defensive front just rocks Brock Purdy early and just gets in his head and rattles him uh, because it is a talented front. This is a good defense that Washington has, admittedly. But uh, as I've said uh, in the last couple of times, I've picked the 49ers you can have whatever Brock Purdy takes you want. Think that he's good. Think that he's not. I don't care. It doesn't. It honestly doesn't even matter to me for this game. It, this this 49ers team outside of the quarterback position is arguably the most stacked team in football. I'm taking the Niners here, and I'm fine giving up seven. I'm fine giving up ten. I would be more nervous about uh, the commander's uh, defense if Chase Young was playing. Uh, that injury still keeping him off of the field uh, last week and likely this week as well. Because if you see Chase Young, that's he's not quite the equivalent of Lawrence Taylor, but he might be one of the closest ones to him outside of maybe Aaron Donald being on the other side of the field. But uh, he doesn't have to stare him down uh, for 60 minutes. And so, yeah, San Francisco running well on cylinders. They've got uh, so many offensive weapons. I don't think Debo is going to be playing in this game. I don't believe so, uh, but uh, still you've got McCaffrey going to uh, probably take uh, the week off for practice and then be perfectly healthy to rack up 150 yards uh, just because he's that good. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking San Francisco, I've been betting them for quite a while here for the last uh, few weeks and doing pretty well with them. So I think that's a good pick too. To confirm, Debo is out uh, this week, so he is not going to be coming back, but 
I don't really care either. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I say that Debo is amazing, but this 49ers team, too good. Too many weapons. They have too many weapons, even without, you could take one of them out and they still have too many weapons. So those are our individual picks for the week. Coming up, we are both going to be talking about three particular games coming up. Games of the week, if you will. That's after a quick break here on 104.9 FM KBOE. Back with you one more time with Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. We have three more NFL games to talk about here for Week 16. Our games of the week, if you will. Both Spence and I going to be making picks for all of these. And we are starting with Giants at Vikings. This is a four-point spread favoring the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I'll go first uh, here. Based on what I said about the Giants uh, just in that last segment yes. um, and how they have no receivers and no secondary, you, you might think... I'm going to be going with the Vikings here. Mm-hmm. And you'd be right. Uh, the Vikings offense <laughs> has looked uh, They've looked better in recent weeks. Justin Jefferson is about to have 500 receiving yards in this game. He's going to get over 2,000 this week uh, on the season. Most, okay, I'm kidding. I'm exaggerating, but he's going to go <laughs> off is what I'm saying. He's going to absolutely go off. If you have him on your fantasy team, sleep well tonight. Uh, the Vikings defense is an issue, actually. As I've said uh, time and time again, this team is full of issues, really. I'm not really buying into either of these two teams as Super Bowl contenders, despite the fact that they both have good, good records. But I'll take the Vikings here because the Giants are just down bad. Here's why I'm disagreeing with you. Last uh, week was kind of a miracle for the Vikings in the greatest comeback of all time. Mm -hmm. Last time anything that has ever been mentioned with uh, the words miracle and the Vikings together happened January 14th, 2018. And that's known as the Minneapolis miracle now. Mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs, miracle touchdown, and they continue on in the playoffs. You know what happened the week after that? Oh, they got smashed by the Eagles. 38 to seven is what they lost by. And they're kind of dealing with the same high of we never should have won that game is kind of the same feeling that they had. Kind of the same feeling that all of Minnesota had. Mm -hmm. And they proved it the next week. I'm going to go in that they have that same mentality of we never should have pulled that game off. They're going to go in cold. And that's what's going to happen. They're going to lose. Not necessarily... By much, but, you know, New York Giants aren't even favored, so they don't even have to lose. They just have to uh, win by less than four, and I think they're going to come in and things are going to be a mess. So that's what I'm basing it on. Last time I've seen a miracle, they came in with absolutely no fire in them whatsoever. I respect it. I respect okay. you calling your shot. I, I disagree, though. I mean, I think... I know you do, and we've done that before. <laughs> Bit of a difference. Many times. <laughs> yes, that's true. Bit of a difference between the 2017 Eagles and the 2022 Giants. But, I again, I respect the call there, Spence. All right, next one is Seattle at Kansas City. Spence, you're the Chiefs fan here. Uh, this is a 10-point spread favoring your team. So I'll, I'll let you have the floor first. What are you I've going got two-minute history with Kansas City, betting them when they're locks to win the game and they don't show up. Oh, no. So much that I learned... Last week, we didn't even mention the Kansas City-Houston game because we thought that's pretty much a wash. Spread for that was 15 by the time a game started, and you saw what happened, went to overtime. Not even close to 15. Uh, Kansas City still pulling off the win, but nonetheless, uh, that game uh, stayed close and for the entire time, and I'm seeing more of the same this week. They are favored by 10 over the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't see them uh, pulling it off uh, with a monster win. They tend to, 
I've used the expression before, play with their food when they get up by teams uh, by 21 or whatever it might be, where they're pretty much locked to win. Case in point, uh, Denver, where they were up 27 to nothing. That game got dicey at the end. They just don't know how to close teams out. They still win, but not by 10. And I think this is going to be another example of it. I've seen it too much being a Kansas City Chiefs fan where I might as well turn this game off. Oh, but you never know. And then you never know happens. So I'm taking Seattle getting 10 points on this on a team that's kind of on the cusp of making the playoffs. They're not a bad team. I'm trying to rack my brain right now, and I'm looking at their schedule, but I don't remember all the spreads. I don't think the Chiefs have been very good this year as as huge favorites, as mm-hmm. against the spread, that is. They they do typically win these games, but, uh, but not by but a not ton. not by double digits. But two weeks ago, Spence, if you'll remember, I on this very show said that I'm done picking the Seahawks because their defense stinks. <laughs> and I am a man of my word, Spence. You got Pat Mahomes against a bad defense here. And to bring back a point that I remember making very early this season, it might have been week three or week four, uh, while my betting approach is almost always based on tangible, empirical things like scheme, player matchups, and numbers, things like that, there's also a human element to it. And that human element is, when I'm watching this game, am I going to hate myself? (laughs) Yes or no? And if I had money invested... In the Seahawks defense, going up against Patrick Mahomes, I would hate myself down to my inner core. Mm. I love what Geno Smith has done this year and this what this offense has done, uh, and I think it's real, actually. I don't think that Geno Smith is fake, but give me the Chiefs. Uh, the Seahawks can take those points. They'll probably have to score 30-plus just to cover. You, you've got it on the line here, on the air, that you said, I'm never picking them again, and I respect you for holding to that. A lot of people have forgotten about that statement, uh, including me, till you reminded me. So, <laughs> admittedly, you you kind of got to stay by your morals and stay with what you said. So, I understand that. Yeah. So, our last game this week is kind of the real game of the week. If if I had to pick one, that was the one that we said first. It's the obvious one. It's Philly at Dallas. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles are getting four and a half at Dallas. And um, it, that might sound a bit funky because the uh, Eagles are 13 and one. But, uh, of course, if you haven't heard, there's uh, some questions about Jalen Hurts' health. He's got an injured shoulder. It can be difficult to prognosticate this thing uh, because of that, uh, or at least if you're under the impression that he might play. But uh, I'm fairly convinced that he won't, based on the uh, initial reports Mm -hmm. here. Assuming that he won't, he will be replaced by Gardner Minshew. And Minshew is everybody's favorite backup, but... uh, we do need to understand something that Minshew himself doesn't, and that is that he is a limited quarterback. Uh, he plays similarly to a guy like Taylor Heineke, where he just has this irrational confidence in himself, mm-hmm. where he doesn't have the physical ability to just rip these big boy throws that guys like Mahomes and, and Herbert and Allen can make. But he tries them anyway, and sometimes it results in some cool, fun plays, but other times the defense makes him pay for it. That said, he's in about as ideal of a situation as he could ask for. I've said that the 49ers probably present uh, the most quarterback-friendly environment in the league, and the Eagles are right behind them in that. Uh, This is the best offensive line in the league, certainly one of the top five pairs of wide receivers in the league, very good tight end in Dallas Goddard, who is now back and healthy, and a defense that's comfortably top 10 as well. But Dallas is really good, too. I think both these teams are legitimate Super Bowl contenders when they have their quarterbacks, and I've had a hard time deciding this, but 
getting four and a half points. I'm going to pick the Eagles. Mm. I just think that this team is too good to bet on anyone beating them by five, even with a backup quarterback. I think Dallas is going to win this, but I think they're going to win by three or four. And so I'm going to pick the Eagles. My reports that I heard is that Jalen Hurst was going to be out two weeks. And the only place that I ever heard that, oh, no, he there's a possibility that he might start came from the coach. I yeah. think from the Bill Belichick uh, school of thought of just never giving any information if you can hold back on it. And so I think uh, he's probably going to be out as well. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, yeah, he, you know, Brett Favre mentality with a uh, Matt Flynn kind of uh, ability. <laughs> very, very well very well put. <laughs> and uh, he also doesn't have a, a good uh, starting record either. Uh, granted, he also played a long time with the Jaguars, who were an awful team to begin with as well. But I just don't have any faith whatsoever in Gardner Minshew. Now, with the spread being four and a half, uh, like I said, we are tape delaying this. It might not be four and a half as mm. we air this. It could be higher if there's any information that uh, Jalen Hurts is uh, not going to play. So I think the line started at six and then kind of fell back a little bit, saying Jalen Hurts uh, actually may play. I'm going to go with the line at four and a half, and I think uh, possibly by the time this airs, it may even be six again. Regardless of that, uh, I will pick Dallas at four and a half. I might be a little bit more nervous about it at six because there is an awful lot of uh, good weapons that uh, Gardner will have there, but he just needs to uh, not do anything wrong. Problem is, it's Gardner Minshew, and he often does a lot wrong. So I'm sticking with uh, Dallas on this one. We're going to differ a little bit on this. I'm kind of hedging a little bit as to what the line is, but I will bet them at four and a half, as I will at this point, and try and beat that uh, spread changing if uh, Jalen Hurts gets announced that he won't and then watch probably Jalen Hurts will play, and then they will dominate the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys after off everything I just said there. But uh, I will take Dallas uh, giving up four and a half as it stands right now. Yeah, I don't think Hurts is going to play either. You are right that the only person that said that he might play is the coach, Sirianni. Right. And, he, and he literally, his words were, his body isn't like ours. So you, I'm not going to rule anything out. And that's usually uh, coach speak for, yeah, he's probably out. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, that's all we got uh, for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you are listening to this in podcast form after it is aired, be sure to rate and review it, please, uh, on your podcast platform of choice. That'd be very much appreciated. This has been Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. We'll kick it back to the music here. So long and have a great weekend, everybody.